0: Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author, and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, just quickly before we jump into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. Now, this is a 12-month online program where you have video training that teaches you everything you need to know about how to do your own PR. You can ask questions on the platform, and you can also post your proposed pitches and media releases before sending them to journalists to get my feedback. You also get to jump on a monthly live group call where you can ask whatever questions you want about your business and you can get tailored help from me on anything to do with raising the profile of your brand. So it might be that I look at your website and give you some feedback or how to improve your LinkedIn profile and other marketing and PR topics. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just hop on over to veganbusinessmedia.com and you'll see a link there for vegans in the limelight. And now on to the main part of the show. In this episode, I interviewed Dave Graham, co-founder of Vegan Web Design in Queensland, Australia. Originally from Yorkshire in the UK, Dave spent his early career in software development working for large corporates including Walt Disney and BHP. Since going vegan six years ago, he's now committed to and passionate about using digital marketing to help those helping animals and the environment. Vegan Web Design, which is run by Dave and his wife Shan, works with small animal sanctuaries through to large international ethical non-profit organisations to help raise awareness and increase donations for their cause. The company also works with ethical businesses worldwide to promote and sell their products and services online, offering web design and development and digital marketing solutions. In this interview, Dave discusses the key mistakes vegan business owners make with the design of their websites and what to do instead, the key mistakes vegan business owners make at the back end of their websites and what to do instead, the pros and cons of using themes to design your website, how to keep your website loading fast and why this is important, the essential plugins all WordPress websites need and how to choose the best plugins, what security measures you need on your site and why, what kinds of regular maintenance should ideally be done on a website each month and why, and much more. Here's the interview with Dave Graham from Vegan Web Design. Hello Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Katrina, thanks very much for having me on.
0: Well, I'm very uh, happy to have you on and as it re- uh, listeners, rather not readers, listeners can tell, um, Dave is an Aussie um, based in Melbourne, Australia and um, you've got a, a strong background in IT and uh, web design and you uh, you help vegan businesses with their web design and, and digital marketing and in fact my partner Tracy and I hire uh, Dave to do our web maintenance every month. So, very happy to have you on the show to dig into... Some topics around um, website design and development and maintenance, particularly. But let's talk, first of all let's kick off with your why, Dave. So as I mentioned, you you've got a background in IT and you you know putting those skills to helping vegan and ethical businesses. What are your drivers for doing what you do?
1: Yeah, um, we, we we started we fell into this by accident, really. Um, we were creating a website for a um, for a little B and B vegan B and B down in Victoria. I think um, I know
0: that one. Is yep. it? Uh, bed and broccoli?
1: It certainly is, yes. Oh, I thought so, um, yeah, they're
0: in my book. <laughs> okay, cool.
1: Yeah. And we start yeah, we started there and we 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 developed, you know, having a background in I say they they said, Oh, can you build us a website? And we went, Yeah, sure, no problem. And we built that one and then we built another one, and we built another one, and then the business um came from that, really. So the reason we do what we do, um we some of our clients they they look after elephants in North America. Um, they look after chimpanzees we've got um, an equine rescue um, sanctuary as well and we don't have that space and that ability and those skills to do that for the animals we we'd love to um, but where our skills lie is in the is in the tech space so we love looking after um, clients who are more focused on helping the animals and we can help them with their tech so I I guess that's where we get our, our satisfaction from.
0: I love that. And I think it's really important. And I think you said something really important there is about using our skills to do what we can for the animals. Because like you say, we can't all be looking after elephants or, you know, doing, uh, you know, running sanctuaries or what have you. So, and I think particularly in the area of tech, it's really important to have ethical vegans uh, who are really, really good at what they do, because I'm sure we all know and, and have experienced ourselves maybe not you because you're the tech people yourself but you know kind of bad tech people you know who rip okay. people off or don't know what they're doing and blah blah so I think it's really great that you're you're doing this and um yeah I think I'm looking forward to this episode myself because I know I'm going to learn some stuff and I, I know that our, our listeners are as well so let's kick off so let's talk a little bit about the web design and maintenance side of things what are some of the key mistakes vegan business owners make with their website in terms of design?
1: That's okay. Cool. Great question. In in terms of design. So um I suppose the, the it, when somebody's picking a, a website or a template for a website um they fall in love with the the bells and whistles um of that template on the demo and <laughs> that's so looks...
0: true. I'm, sorry, I'm laughing cuz I recognize myself in that. Yeah, go oh, on. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and and hey, I lo- I love shiny objects as well and I get drawn to oh that's oh that's nice. I want to go and play <laughs> with that. Um, but but one of the biggest issues is people will fall in love with a the theme and go, right, I want I want that as my website. And then they can't put their content into all of the little boxes and all of the sections that the theme is providing. Um, and depending on some of those themes, they are flexible and some of them aren't, most of them aren't. Um, so it's really about doing it the other way around to work out, well, what is it that you're trying to say? What What content do you have that you're readers and your visitors are going to find of use and value and then designing something around that. Um, So that's probably the number one. Um, The second one is is something we come across far too frequently and, and We use WordPress. So we we love WordPress. We think it's a a fantastic platform for building out um, content on on the web. It's very, very popular, very, very flexible. But one of the things that even WordPress don't do themselves um, particularly well is when they're educating users on how to use it. So we've got the posts and the pages. And we've we've ended up with a number of websites where we've had 300 pages and 10 posts. Oh, no. yeah it should be the other way round and yeah. and there's a reason for that it's because <laughs> um in wordpress there's, a, there's something called the wordpress loop and the WordPress loop basically starts at the top of all of your posts and then goes through each one and, and then works out, do I need to display this on this page, whether it's a a category of, of, of media posts or a category of recipe posts. And it just goes through one by one by one, all the way through that loop until it gets to the end. Now, it doesn't do that with pages. So it just makes it very much more difficult to, to work with a website that's been created um incorrectly so it's important to get that site architecture correct mm. um and get that structure right and yes yeah, so that's probably the second one the third one uh, this this can be a little bit contentious um your website is not about you um it's and and, and it's a little bit tongue in cheek but it's it's not about you it's about your visitor it's about what you can do for your visitor yeah. So, if you're selling a product, it's about what product you are selling to that person. Typically, people go searching um, on, on Google for uh, solutions to their problems. They have a problem and they're looking to you to solve that. So, if it's a if it's an accountant, somebody's looking to get their tax done. Um, they don't they don't necessarily care where that accountant went to went to school, went to uni, whatever it might be. Uh, and about page is important, but it's not about it's not about the particular business owner, it's more about what the business owner can do for the end um, for the end customer, for the end visitor. Really. I totally so, love that.
0: I've done a whole podcast episode and blog post all about that. And to say, yeah, pretty much the, the same thing. It's about, yeah, how you can help them. That's brilliant. Absolutely. I'm glad you've that. Excellent. Those are really good. Now, you mentioned the structure, Dave. So can you talk us through the structure of a website? And obviously, you know, d- websites are designed differently and there's different trends that come in, you know, the websites, you know, the latest fashion. But can you just talk us through the structure of a website in terms of what elements are essential um, and in what order and whether if above the fold is still a thing now that most people or a lot of people are accessing their sites on the uh, mobiles even more, by above the fold, that's a term I think you can probably explain it better, but where you see it before you have to use the scroll button to scroll down on your website. I'm sure you can probably explain that a bit better. But um, what what are the essential um, elements and structures of, of a website?
1: Sure. No, you've you've hit the nail on the head there, Katrina. It's that's perfect. It's it is indeed um, all of the area you see before you need to scroll. Um, what we're finding is a lot of a lot of people are using their mobile um, to to do their searches. They might be um, on the train, on a bus, um, in between meetings, and they're just doing a bit of bit of Googling, and they find something, and then they'll 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 bookmark it and go back to the site on a desktop. So, oh, yes, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so yes, above the fold is is less important than it used to be, but it's still important. Yeah. Um, and you still also have the concept of above the fold on a mobile as well. It's just you just got less area to play with. Um. So, typically, we would and, and these these things we we, we conduct um, audits as well of of websites, and these are some of the things that we we look for in, in those kind of audits. So, we would look for an obvious contact number. Um, don't make it difficult for your customer to contact you if indeed that's what you want them to do, whether you want them to call you, make sure your your, your phone number is there, make sure it's it's clickable from a mobile as well so as soon as they click that link, it, it they can dial that number. Yeah. Um, if it's a contact form and you want to move people through the contact form rather than a phone number, make sure the contact form is obvious and, and easy to access. The other things that we would probably... Uh, look at putting on every site that we do, and we look for when we're doing a, a review is um, a unique value proposition. You've got a few seconds to communicate what you do to your audience when they land on your homepage, for example. So, we we look at that as a, a unique value proposition. What do you do better than your competitor, and can how can you phrase that to your to your particular audience? Um, the other thing that we look for is email capture. So, mm. on every page. Ideally, there should be a call to action or something for that visitor to do. Now, that might still be go to the next article, go to the next page, go to the contact page, whatever it may be, but each page should have a purpose. So, and every opportunity, if you can grab their email, um, that means that you can then continue that conversation with them, whether it be through a newsletter or a, a monthly m- um, marketing email or whatever it might be. But that's the number one way to to build that to build that database. Some of the other things we've got uh, more recently we've, we've seen um, great success with is having uh, a live chat on your website if you've got the, 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 the manpower um, to basically put behind that. To make sure that somebody's there to answer it should anybody have any questions yeah um people are very they want a result like th- today they want to speak to <laughs> somebody today totally some, yeah as a yeah.
0: consumer I'm like that I'm like what do you mean it's going to take you 24 hours to get back to me it's like get back to me right now <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: exactly we want that immediacy um and even you know and some people as well don't want to jump on a phone necessarily yeah um We've we've had some great success with that with that live chat, particularly because we have uh, a large client base in the US. So that time difference allows us. So in in our evening, we can still be online in front of our US audience. Um. So yeah, so live chat's really really good to get people engaged, okay. and you can go a little bit further with with that live chat thing. There's more recently. There's been some moves with bots. You may have heard of bots. Mm. And they're they're sort of automated um, little um, routines, I suppose, that people can interact with. And you can go to the nth degree with the bots or you could actually keep it fairly simple and just have an automated bot answering that chat. Yeah. And if somebody wants to talk to somebody, then it can then ping. Yes. Uh,
0: That happened to me the other day when I had to ring a a technical company for something. I spoke to a bot and then it said, I'm just transferring you to a human. And I was like, oh, good. Uh, But, yeah, no, that makes makes sense. Okay, cool. All right. So those are some of the... the the key elements okay fantastic so let's talk a little bit about the back end of things uh website mm-hmm. so what are some of the key mistakes vegan business owners make in regards to the back end so I know when you and I have had sort of discussions because I say you do our maintenance things around I guess things like bloated themes um too many plugins that that kind of thing can you just talk a little bit about that
1: yeah sure sure um so yeah the um the bloated themes going back to the earlier discussion about the um the templates that look uh, all bells and whistles but when you get to it you know it's it's probably more than you need those those themes are very very prevalent and they look fantastic in the demos but they're loaded up and loaded up with all these bells and whistles that you don't generally need 80 percent of them so uh bloated themes Certainly is is one of the big issues. Um, and what does that mean
0: is, for for people who don't know what a bloated theme is? It means it's got loads of unnecessary code and and it slows your site down. Is that right? Or?
1: That's that's spot on. So when when the the, the processor is going through and looking at uh, all of the code that's in there and and working out what it needs to do, it's got to go through lots and lots of checks to go. Is this enabled? No. Is ah. this enabled? No. Is this enabled? No. Is this enabled? No. So if you've turned off you know eighty percent of what you don't need, it's still got to go through that. Oh. Um, you know, and and we've seen we've seen themes that are probably twenty, thirty, forty meg large, whereas um, some of the themes that we use are, are less than one meg. So oh, okay. it's a, it, and it also depends on your processing speed. And but if you put a bloated theme on a on a slow host, then you're going to get poor performance. Got so, it. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, some of the other things we've seen is illegal themes. Um, illegal which, themes, oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's a thing. So um, you've you've obviously heard of malware, and yeah. um, so people will then people will take so hackers will take a copy of a, a popular theme and they'll they'll put malware in it. So they'll they'll download it, they'll they'll inject their code into it, and they'll zip it up, and then they'll make it available for free to oh. people to then go and get it, oh, I can get a copy of that theme, oh, and it's free, uh-huh. oh, okay, that's great, that's a, you know, and because it, it, it's got dodgy code in it. So oh, we've seen, we've taken on a number of sites um, on our maintenance where the actual theme has been installed and it's an, an illegal theme. You, there is a site you can check your, um, you can theme, theme against um, to, to, to double check this to, to make sure it's okay, but it, yeah, it's, and there's also the same for plugins as well. So plugins, it fall into the same bucket um, so you can get uh, hacked effectively or dodgy uh, they call it nulled nu doubleled that's uh, that's the, that's the sort of the online um, word for it um, other than that other things to be careful of old just before plugins. we go on to
0: that Dave what are the what's the website you mentioned where you can test your theme
1: um, I'll have to look that up
0: oh okay all right we'll put that on the show notes page that's fine okay
1: yeah yeah okay. Um uh, the other things old plugins the WordPress repository is fantastic in when you've got your WordPress site and it tells you oh this there's a new version of this plugin or this theme uh, is available you can download it that's wonderful if you're using a plugin that is being maintained by the developer and the reason a plugin will get updated is for um, performance improvements, security fixes, um, functionality enhancements as well. Mm. But if you're using a plugin that hasn't been updated in 6, 12, 18 months, 2 years, 3 years, you're never going to get notified that it's out of date effectively. It's old. It's been what we call abandoned. So they become a security risk because it means that if there's been a a security uh, vulnerability identified in some of the code that it uses and the developer's not patching it, you'll never get an updated version. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's worthwhile going and checking to see, you know, uh, against each of your plugins in in the back end of your website, you can go and look them up in the repository and see if that particular plugin has been updated recently in the last 6 to 12 months at least. Okay. Um, large images, that would be um, something else to, to, to make sure if you don't have uh, we've often seen three or four meg images loaded into the oh, back wow. end of websites, which will, you know, when they're being displayed on the front end, that's going to slow things down dramatically. What's the
0: maximum size would you recommend for, for images to be? Like under 100 kilobytes or? Under yeah. 50, yeah? Oh, okay.
1: That's what we, that's our, I mean, there are some images, you know, depending on the makeup of the pixels and what the image is of, um, can mean that it can be compressed more than other images. Um, so, but we aim for about a hundred K. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. Okay, great. Oh God, this is really good. This is really, uh, really helpful information. So just on themes. Now, what about themes and something called child themes? Because this is what I was recommended, you know, a few years ago. So if you use a child theme, then when WordPress updates, it doesn't mess up your theme because it's like a framework. What are your thoughts on that? Because things change so much in this world and this is your world. So what are your thoughts on themes versus child themes and whether it's best to, to avoid sites, well, yeah, whether it's best to have a child theme or a regular theme?
1: Sure. Um, most, definitely, child themes is the way to go. And the reason being...
0: And what is it? You, I'm going to let you explain what a child theme is because I'm not 100% sure. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when you install a, a theme into WordPress, um, it then gives, it contains a set of files which control the look and feel of your website. Um a child theme is basically um, related to that theme and it tells WordPress, I'm a child of that theme. So take all of the, the, the functionality and the look and feel of the parent theme, but also in addition, if there's any customizations, um, take them from the child theme. And what that means is if you're going to put some specific customizations that you want to make to your site, rather than updating all of the code in the parent theme, You make it in your child theme. And the Mm -hmm. reason being is that your developer or where you've purchased, whether you've purchased the theme from somewhere like ThemeForest, when they release a new update to it, then what they expect you to do is take away the old version of the parent theme and replace it with the new version of the parent theme. So if you've made any customizations in that parent theme, they're going to be lost unless Mm -hmm. you know that they're there and you have to put them back in manually. But if you put all of your customizations in the child theme, You've protected them effectively uh-huh. from any parent theme updates. So it's always wise, and most most of the, the well, let me say, any decent theme will allow you to have a child theme um, created for it. And most of the documentation for each of those those themes online will have this is how to create it as well.
0: Got it. Got it. You mentioned theme forest. Is that somewhere that you recommend? Because obviously you can get themes from different places. Is that some some a place that you recommend that if people want to look at themes to get them? It,
1: it's certainly for, for for those people that want to set up the website themselves. It's a great starting place. It's just don't don't be too don't be too um, dazzled by the the bells and whistles of all of the theme um, demos because it can take several hours, if not days, to get your website looking like the demo unless they've got an import demo function, um, and then you just replace their content with your content. So, ThemeForest is pretty good. Um, We've moved away from theme Forest over the last few years more to a framework called Genesis. And oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which good. I think you've got on, have, on some of yes. your sites. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, good, good. And obviously, if people work with you, then you would either recommend a th- So what's the difference we anyway? So we talked about themes and child themes. So what about, like custom coding from scratch. So like we, if someone were to hire you, say, to say, right, Dave, I need my website, I want it done on WordPress, um, like would you kind of, and they said, right, and I want it basically to look like this, you know, and they, they give you some feedback, maybe partly this site and partly that site. And like would you then use a theme and customise it, like choose a theme for them and customise it, or would you say, right, no, I'm going to custom code from from the start, and what what is better?
1: Um, They're It depends on the goals of what you're trying to achieve. So we can do both and we have done both and we do do both. Um, The benefits, I suppose, of of having a custom developed theme, if you've got some custom functionality that's not solved already by another already existing theme or plugins, then you'd be probably left with no choice to develop something from scratch. Um, If you're wanting something so bespoke so that the, you know, maybe the interactivity of the site is, is not available on any on theme, we would have to build that from scratch. Um, but we would typically, I'd say the majority is is taking a, uh, a starter theme and then customizing that starter theme to the design that we've either been provided or the, the design that we've developed um, with the clients as well. So, and More recently, we've noticed a huge, huge shift in um, when WordPress 5 was released, they moved to the Guttenberg um, editor, and that's very much more block-based, and they're getting more towards that page builder style, and there's a couple of great page builders out there uh, right now. And They're free. You can buy a premium version where you get more functionality, but um, the, the free versions are pretty good. One is called Elementor. And one is called a Beaver Builder, and <laughs> they are really, really good, um, and allow non-developers to be able to create a layout that's that's, that's pretty neat. And there's lots of um, add-ons you can get to to create that interactivity. So we're seeing more and more of a shift to uh, rather than spending the you know the the, the Twenty thousand dollars, the fifteen thousand dollars on a website now. The the clients can put the you know the the budget into more of the marketing um, and the peripheral um, elements to the to the digital marketing solution than just the website now mm-hmm. through these page builders.
0: Oh, cool. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I mean, certainly as far as... um, It's nice for people who who maybe want to do that themselves. I know for me, I like to... I'm happy uploading my blogs and making, you know, text-based changes, that kind of thing. But when it comes to like building pages or coding. I personally prefer to leave that to the experts, but, uh, but it's, I appreciate you, you letting people know about that. So we talked about, you mentioned plugins. Um, so in t- what would you say, what are some of the essential plugins? Because obviously, you know, we mentioned shiny object sister, uh, uh, syndrome and it can be easy to get care of. Oh, there's a plugin for this and there's a plugin for that. What would you say are the essential plugins that pretty much all websites ought to have?
1: Yeah, um, uh, a backup plugin is the number one thing. So we would recommend. So there's a plugin called Updraft Plus, which is pretty good at doing that, Um, and that also will allow you to go and create that backup and make sure it's stored. So you can hook it up to your Dropbox account. So every night you can get that um, uh, backup stored in your Dropbox off the server. Um, Yoast or SEO Rank, uh, sorry, um, uh, Rank Math, or um, there's another SEO plugin as well. All in one SEO. That's it. All in one SEO. So. They're not the panacea for um, uh, you know getting to page one, but they will guide you. They will give you traffic light systems to analyse your content and say you know you need to add the keyword to your title or the keyword to your content. So that would be that would be one of the the go to plugins we would include. Um, Convert Pro is a great plugin for email capture, so you can set it so that you can put a. You can put an opt-in in your sidebar or an opt-in as a as a pop-up, and you can have you can control those pop-ups so that you don't annoy. I know they are annoying, but they can be less annoying if you put them to to pop up when the user is about to leave. So exit intent is what that's called. So you it's funny you've mentioned
0: that, that pop-ups because I damn I actually have I've installed it on my vegan business media website. I haven't done anything with it. It's called Hustle, and that's like a pop-up thing as well. It, it's it was a free one that comes with WordPress. So mm. I hope I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> but I, I activated, I installed it, and activated it last night. But it was really late last night. I'm not doing anything else with it because I did have pop-ups on my site for a while, and then the program I was using something went wrong. Or I don't know, they discontinued it, or something or other. So I thought, oh, I'll put it on, but I haven't done anything with it. Is that a good? That's just a, a nosy personal question. Is is Hustle okay? It's not a dodgy <sighs> plugin or anything, is it?
1: I've I've not heard of Hustle. Um, oh, it's okay. funny how. It's funny how you we we sort of settle on a plugin. We periodically review all of our plugins as well yeah, to go, yeah. are they better? But we don't want to be reviewing them every week to go, of oh, course. is there something better? Because we'd spend we'd spin our wheels um, just chasing shiny objects. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other the other ones we'd recommend is uh, Wordfence is a oh, yeah. plugin for security, um, so that's useful to have in there. Um, there's a couple of great pro- plugins to help with performance. So caching of um, files, CSS files, um, JavaScript files. So there's one called Breeze and there's one called WP Rocket. Cool. Um, they're pretty good. Um, Drift, we're actually ourselves are just experimenting with Drift and we've been using Talk to T-A-W-K dot T-O for chat, for live chat. Uh-huh. Um, and there's some great offerings out there as well, but it, they all offer different functionality. So some will offer the ability to set your business hours. So you, it will automatically enable at nine o'clock in the morning and shut off at five. Some don't. So you have to go in manually and say, hey, I'm, a, I'm around. Oh, okay. So it all depends on what, what works yeah. for you. Cool. Um, Beaver Builder, I mentioned earlier, allows you to um, create uh, layouts and it, and it works typically on top of many of the popular themes. Um, and the last one would be social warfare or something similar to do your social sharing so mm. there's we often see clients um who come to us with a website that that um they've had built or they've built themselves and they're they're just they haven't had that social war, that that social sharing um on their blog so they're getting a lot of traffic but nobody's actually taking their content and then sh- easily sharing it on their facebook page yeah um so we just want to give the greatest opportunity for people to share absolutely uh, that's content.
0: something i was having an issue with as you know and i've got the free version of social warfare on the moment but i think i might upgrade to the paid one because it offers more like people can share by a buffer and reddit whereas i think with the free one it's just got some some basic ones on there okay cool yeah um so that's really helpful now you mentioned um seo the seo plugins. so uh, the ones i'd heard of yeah were yoast and all-in-one seo so tell us what the what do these do exactly and which would you recommend out of the, the the two of those in particular? And is it worth getting the paid versions? And if so, why?
1: Okay, great question. So um, we use Yoast um, and we use Yoast on all of our client sites as well. And the main reason we do that is that we have some video training that we include in all of the, the websites so that the clients can then go and refer to it. Um, what they do, they... SEO is is typically looking at a number of factors. There's on-page, and the plugins look at on-page SEO, which is what it's called. So things like if you're trying to rank for, let's say the free the the phrase um, vegan coach Melbourne. So if you've got an article or a post or a page on your website and you're trying to rank for that key phrase, you need to make sure first of all that that actual text exists on the page because otherwise you'll never get ranked for it. Um, Typically, it will need to go into the title of the page. It will also need to go into the headings of the page. It will need to go in the content of the page. It will also need to go in any image alt tags um, that are associated to that page. Now, what these plugins do is basically they go through a checklist of things to make sure that you're doing those Right thing. So if it's not in the heading, it will flag to say you need to add this keyword into your heading. So it's not going to automatically get you to page one um, of Google, but what it will do is it will guide you against best practices that it is where it is aware of um, for on-page SEO. There are obviously lots of other factors in SEO. Things like you know how long your domain has been um, active, whether it's been um, uh the the whether the domain has been affected by vulnerabilities because if if google finds that there's a vulnerability on your site it can potentially whether it be delist you from google search results because google doesn't want to send clients its clients to your site if it knows you've got malware on it for example so it, it and that's that's one of the, the the reasons why you would look after your site and maintain it. Um, it's to prevent that. You, don't, you know, you don't want to be working for four, four or five, six years to get to number one, and then go. You've got a vulnerability, and all of a sudden, you're off Google's page one. So. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, some of the things, so getting links to your content as well from other sites will also lift your profile in the search engine results as well. Um, so there's lots and lots, and obviously Google keep changing it. You know, um, They'll change their algorithms to improve things. But if you think about writing really good quality content that is valuable to your audience, then Google are going to love you for it anyway and if people come to your site and don't forget Google are always looking and listening and watching to go oh Dave's visited that particular site oh and he was on there Mm -hmm. because that site's got Google Analytics on it right and so Dave was on that site and he went to it for that search term of vegan coach Melbourne but he spent two seconds and then he went somewhere else oh well that probably wasn't that useful to him however if Dave went to that site and he spent five minutes or ten minutes on that site, then they're going to get that feedback from that site's Google Analytics to say, "Ah, we need to promote that one." Oh, so it's a very complex area, um, but certainly those um, those two plugins are great um, to give you a guide on how to best structure your content on your and website.
0: Would you what What's the upside, if any, to getting the paid versions of those? Like, are the free versions enough, or is it worth getting the paid versions, and why?
1: The, the the paid versions just give you more functionality. Um, that they, they certainly are worthwhile. Um, it all depends on where you are in your SEO journey. There, I wouldn't. If somebody's just starting out, I would say stick with the free version to begin with, and see how you go. Um, because the paid version is also not going to j- make you jump to number one either.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, And that's the thing, isn't it? So I was going to say to you then, realistically, then how, and I know this is kind of a how long is a piece of string question, but realistically, approximately, how long would, you, would it generally take a site or a piece of content to get to the top of Google, or at least on page one, if not the top of page one, um, and what's involved in making that happen? I know you've touched on that a little bit, but you, you sort of give us a realistic kind of idea of, of what, what that takes.
1: Yeah, great question, um, and it is a little bit like how long is a piece of string? It all depends on what key phrase you're going for. So if you're going to try for the key phrase vegan, if you want your site to be up at number one spot for the key phrase vegan, you're up against 900 million <laughs> other <Yeah>. results. <laughs> so you, you, it's going to take a while. However, if you're going to be going for, and this is what we're encouraging um a lot of our clients to do with with what's called long tail um keywords so something like as i mentioned before vegan coach melbourne or vegan coach sydney or toronto whatever it may be and what, w- w- what is it that you think your audience are going to plug into their search engine that you want to be found for so um people will you know um people will be searching how do I go vegan Um, or need a vegan coach near me something like that which is where your local search comes in so you you could probably get to number one for a for a long tail keyword that isn't indexed at all very quickly matter of days it's whether you want to do that Um, SEO is also a long-term strategy it's not a let's launch let's launch a website and hope that we get million hits next week because Google needs to be told that you exist. Google needs to have some validation. Um, and I mentioned a couple of the items before, but the, the Google My Business is also useful and reviews. Um, Google is now looking at reviews and making, you know, if people are getting lots of favorable reviews on their website, um, on their Google My Business page that is linked to their website, then it will promote the results as well. So, mm-hmm. It's all about working and that's where the strategy comes in to work on, well, you know, is, is SEO the best solution for you? It may not be. It may be that you, you're better off putting money into ads because, for example, give you a, a differentiator here, the, um, whenever anybody needs a dentist, they need one pretty quickly because they've got toothache, right? Yeah. They don't typically go searching, uh, um, you know, a Saturday afternoon, oh, I need a dentist in six months' time. I just see who's around they they look for a dentist because it's immediate so having having seo is is less important having google ads there yeah. is, is is our go-to strategy for that to exactly solve that it's the same
0: with tracy and my partner tracy and her hypnotherapy practice people are wanting a solution to their problems now so google ad works uh, adwords works well for her yeah
1: absolutely yeah so um SEO yeah it's a long-term strategy ads are a short-term strategy putting out valuable content regularly you know that's the that's the thing to do.
0: Got it and would you would get are like would you be likely to get to uh, you know on the top page of Google more for say a, a single piece of content like a particular page on your website like a blog post for example rather than say just your home page?
1: Uh, yeah you could do potentially yes if that's um if that if that particular page has got keywords that people are searching for, um, then yeah, you could be ranking for that particular page. It all depends on that on that search term that people are looking for. Yeah, um, Google are trying to get you know, and they'll you will see more and more over the next few years. Uh, we've gone from very much um, desktop to mobile and mobile search. And where, you know, if you've got one of those um, wonderful devices that listen to all your conversations um, in and around your home, um, just waiting for the, hey, Google, um, we'll see more of that as well over the next few years where people will be searching. um, I got one, um, a little Google Mini for my mum. She lives alone. She can now play music. Um, She can actually ask it questions. She's got a bit of company. Um, it's not like she's going to be having conversations that uh, Google are going to be particularly interested in listening to <laughs> Got but it. we'll find more voice search over the next few years
0: that's an interesting one isn't it yeah oh cool mm. I find those I find those things a bit creepy to be honest <laughs> like they're listening to what I'm saying but yes. yeah it's it's definitely the way to go I mean I've started using voice to text on my phone I mean that's been a godsend instead because you know young people do that thing with their two thumbs whereas you know I text with one finger so being able to um, press a microphone and speak my texts. I mean, that's amazing. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure about I want Google or people listening in. But, yeah, I take your <laughs> point. It's, it's obviously the way we're going. Big Brother is definitely watching us. Now, let's talk Excellent. a little bit about uh, mobile sites. So obviously, we've touched on this in that they're really, really important now, and Google will penalise you if your site's not mobile-friendly. So, in the past, it used to be that you'd uh, sites or companies would have a mobile version of their site and a desktop version. Is that still a thing, or is it now that you just have a one a responsive site so it's the same site but it it, re, it just works differently it displays differently i should say on mobile devices
1: yeah um the the most modern themes will be mobile responsive um you shouldn't really need to have a a second site or a second domain or a subdomain where your mobile version sits or even in in a subfolder um it's probably not going to help your seo by having those you know effectively you've got duplicate content against two different URLs and that's not going to be great for um for your google search results so yeah mo- most of the the modern themes are um are mobile responsive now
0: yeah. and obviously make sure if you are choosing a theme or yeah working with someone that that they choose a responsive theme for you okay cool now that makes sense yeah. um and what i you touched on google uh, google analytics so how important is it to have that installed on your site because i know it it's google analytics has grown over the years and it's become a bit of a a complicated beast um you know it's kind of added all these bells and whistles but um what, what are your thoughts on how important it is to have it on the site
1: absolutely it should be there regardless of whether you yourself go in there and look at it it's useful because if you don't have it in there when somebody you engage to go well you know um where is your traffic coming from and if you haven't got it installed you can't answer that question so um uh, get it installed it's it's literally a, a four lines of code that goes into your header of your, of your website. You can get plugins that will install it for you. Um, but it does allow you some interesting insights into your audience when they come to your website, where they're coming from, what search terms they're looking for. Um, it's really incredibly valuable. It may and, and, and again, may not be to you, but it may be to your the SEO company that you engage or your ads person that you engage or your Facebook person that you engage, et cetera, et cetera. So absolutely, yes, yeah, critical. Got it,
0: got it. Okay. And then what about security? Again, we touched a little bit on this. Obviously, it's even more important nowadays. Um, what security measures do business owners need to have on their websites to protect them from viruses and hacking and all kinds of and malware that I think you mentioned as well?
1: Mm, okay. Well, let's start off by... Just talking about why somebody might want to come to your you know they 're not interested in your content, so a hacker isn 't coming to um, uh, vegan business media to 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 sort of infiltrate in, and grab all of your content they 're looking to your ser- <clears throat> they 're looking to your server excuse me um, for the processing power because they want to install uh-huh. some dodgy little code on your server, and often you don't know about it because they'll install it and it'll be lie dormant until it gets, you know, um, enabled. And then they use your processing power to send emails. So they'll send emails from your server out, and those are those phishing emails, et cetera, et cetera. So they don't care about your site per se. So um, people have this misconception to go, oh, you know, nobody's going to be hacking my site because I've got nothing of interest in it. <laughs> No, they're not after the contents. They're after the processing power. So, what what you can do, a uh, number of steps you can do. The Wordfence plugin um, I mentioned earlier is a great resource. Um, keep your software up to date. The and also check those plugins to make sure they're they're not been ab- abandoned. Um, even some of the high profile plugins. So Yoast had a vulnerability in it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was patched and it was fixed, and we we updated it on all the client sites that we look after um, within a day. So, just because you've got um, you know you've paid for a premium plugin, it's going to have updates. It's the nature of software. It's yeah. it's funny having been a software developer for <laughs> um for for too many years. Um, the, the it's funny how our our chosen career path and that of a weatherman are very similar because we can keep getting things wrong. <laughs> and we we still have jobs
0: right <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny
1: <laughs> and it's 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 always it's always amazed me you know if if I was a structural engineer and I built a bridge and um you know two two months later they said oh yeah, the bridge needs fixing oh okay we'll, we'll, we'll take that bit down and and, and. we <laughs> would be soon to have a job but it's it's become it's become an accepted thing that software engineering, there's always going to be updates and, and fixes. Yeah. So um, it, been, our iPhones get updates all the time. The apps on them get get updated all the time. It's a, it's a way of life. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so keep, keep all the software up to date. Um, choose a reputable hosting company. So we recommend um, a, couple of, a couple of hosts. WP Engine and SiteGround are our go-to oh, um, okay. host choices. Um, There are some other great ones out there as well, and we've got sites hosted on a couple of others as well. Um, But if you're paying $5 a month for hosting and you're expecting to get, you know, super responsive um, websites, you might, Um, but the chances are what, what normally happens is a host will sell $5 account hosting packages and they will be putting on hundreds if not, tens of hundreds, thousands of websites on the same server. So what happens, so they're all sitting in a different folder effectively. Um, and what happens is if one of those sites is getting hit, you know, because it's popular, then your site might be might be starved of CPU and, and resources to deliver your content to your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing on that as well is if you're sharing your server, well, if your website is sharing the server with lots of other sites and they're of a dodgy nature, then they're all and they're they're not being maintained and they get an infection. Often, what the malware can do is go searching on that same server for other folders and other files to infect. So it's also increasing your risk of, of um, getting infected on your site as well. Um, so you need
0: so so you need a hosting uh, solution that hasn't got many sites on it because obviously getting your own dedicated server that will cost a fortune, wouldn't it?
1: That's right, and and that's where SiteGround particularly have been able to they, they sort of they they split off sections so that they limit the amount of um, sites that go onto a particular server, um, okay. and a lot of it's now virtual. Um, well, that's getting more more techy, but um, virtual machines and, and virtualized services. But they they limit that that number, which is okay. one of the reasons why we love and we love SiteGround because their support. WP Engine and SiteGround support have been the best in our experience over the last 10 years or so. Um, When you need help, you don't want to wait three days for it. As you mentioned earlier, you don't want to wait 24 hours for somebody to get back to you. You need somebody there and then to fix your issue. Yeah. So I use Um,
0: Bluehost on vegan business media. I mean, what do you think of them? Um,
1: Bluehost are pretty good. Um, We steer people away from GoDaddy. um, Yes. and particularly with the GoDaddy um shoots, the, the, the founder
0: this, shoots elephants, doesn't it hunts elephants? That's right. There, yeah. That's right. Yes, no, we and don't want any of that. No. <laughs> okay, good. So get a good host that's so don't just go for cheap hosting. So what would you expect to pay monthly for a a decent sort of host? Um
1: we've we've seen various um Hosting companies out there, the US based. If your site is in the US, um, we would recommend that you actually get hosted in the US. We, our vegan web design is hosted in the US. Yeah, so that's um, why I've got
0: Bluehost for vegan business media because the majority of my audience is in the US. Whereas Tracy's local uh, local site is hosted locally because her business, her hypnotherapy business, is in Australia. So that's a good point. Yeah, thank you. For yeah, that.
1: keep keep your yeah keep your hosting close to where you, the majority of your your clients are. That means that the, the the traffic doesn't have as far to go. I mean, yes, we've all got high speed, well, supposedly high speed um, broadband, <laughs> um, and it's supposed to be really fast. But it, every little helps. Um, so yes, going going back to the how much you pay, you can pay, you know, fifteen dollars a month, five dollars a month, depending on the host. You know, if you're going, if it's a quality host. Um, Fifteen dollars a month is probably, on average, what you can get. You'll find that a lot of them now are offering uh, more and more features and benefits to that. Uh, I know that GoDaddy, and I hate, I hate referring to GoDaddy, and because they're a bit of a bane in my life. Um, they they're advertising with you know, as as we're in Australia, we've got a, a, a TV show Home and Away, and we've got Alf Roberts who's who's now advertising on GoDaddy, saying, "Oh, it's that oh, easy to create a website." Really. Oh, um, and it's just it's just icky. Um, it's so yeah, but probably you know between five and fifteen a month, uh, depending on what you're getting. Um, okay. If you're getting if you're getting maintenance as well for that and, and backups as well, um, wonderful. If you've got and support as well. You know, if your website's down, you want you want somebody to jump on it on the hosting side yes. really quickly.
0: Yeah. At the, yeah, which is why I like Bluehost Live Check. You can literally get on it 24 hours and they can either say, yes, we're aware of the issue and we're fixing it, or at least I know that, or, you know, if it's something else, they can go, oh, yes, we need to do this. So, yeah, that, that is important. Often, mm. Now, you've touched on backup and, and also maintenance. So talk a little bit about maintenance. So you do our maintenance. And every month, uh, you know, I get these reports and you've obviously, you know, told me exactly what you're doing, what plugins have been updated and how fast the site's been going, how often it was down. So talk us through a little bit about what kinds of regular maintenance should be done to a website each month and why
1: sure um, so as we've mentioned the plugins the themes the WordPress updates they all need to be looked after um, we're finding more recently with with WordPress version 5 when that came out a lot of the plugins weren't ready to be up to be um, working with version 5 so we would look at you know which ones need to sort of we we hold off on Genesis released a um. new version of their theme for example Um a couple of weeks ago but it broke a lot of people's sites so we mm. we hold off on the we don't want to be the bleeding edge um we want to be sort of n minus one as we call it we don't want to be the latest we want to be one off the latest so let other people find the issues unless they're security related
0: mm-hmm. that's what so i do with my iphone i won't update it straight away i think i'll let the people who are really into it go first and then they can report many bugs
1: <laughs> it's a great strategy, it's a great strategy. Um, so we'd be looking at plugins, we'd be looking at um, what type of plugins. If, if it's an e-commerce site, for example, what we might do is we might take that site onto a staging area, so we clone it and then we update it and then we test it on the staging area and then if that's all good and that gives us confidence that it's not going to break anything, then we'll make the changes on the, on the live site. Um, we always make sure we've done a backup, of course, before we do any plugin updates so that should anything... Go wrong, we can go back to that backup. Um, other things that we we look for as well are, you know, on a monthly month-to-month basis, is you know a website's performance might drop, and it might be because somebody has uploaded a four meg f- um, image and it's now on their homepage, so it's now taking an extra three seconds to load. So that's something that we we monitor on a um, on a month-to-month basis as well. Um, we'll look at. Periodically, if those plugins have been abandoned as well, if things haven't been updated for the last, you know, six months, 12 months, um, and then we'll look to find an alternate plugin that provides the same functionality. Um, broken links is also something else that we're starting to to, to introduce as well is, you know, if, if people have linked to a site six years ago and that site's gone, then they probably aren't aware of that but they've still got a link on one of their old posts that's pointing to something that doesn't exist um we're now starting to build some of that reporting in so that we can see what those links are and alert the business uh, website owner to say hey that's gone down can you please update your post because that's going to help you google as well Mm. your google search results um uptime monitoring um is also pretty critical and you can do this there's um uh, uptime robot is a website that you can go and, and use for free and that will monitor your uptime of your website so it basically pings your website every five minutes or so and if it's down it will then send you a message because um, you're you you know you're running a business you're not checking your website every yeah, 10 minutes to exactly. make sure it's up. Yeah. Um, and particularly for us, if our main um, audience is in the US, we're not awake when they when they are. So we want to know, you know, if the site goes down and for what reason, um, as well, so we can look at and fix that. Um, so, yeah, uptime monitoring will be something to to, to that we that we do as well. We have we have systems in place to monitor all of our websites. Um, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Now, you touched on, this is great. Now, you touched on speed, um, which is important. Um, and there are ways as well, I think people can check the speed of their site periodically as well, like through, is it pinged on one of them? I think there's there's several different mm. ones. So, yep. um, why is the speed of a, a site important?
1: Again, it's um, for, for two main reasons is your visitors, they don't want to be sitting there waiting for five to 10 seconds for a site to load. Um, they'll then choose another site. There'll be another competitor that they'll go to. Um, Secondly is your Google um, Mm. results as well. Everything sort of links back to Google. Google, you know, by having those analytics installed, Google will be learning how fast your site is as well. So the faster the site speed, the better rankings you're going to attain. So, yeah, you mentioned Pingdom Tools. That's that's one um, great resource. Another one is GT Metrics with an X. Um, and there's also the Google Page Speed test. But when you're testing your site speed, just make sure that you're you're taking an average. So their servers are obviously under load as well. So you know, run it three or four times at different times of the day, and then just take an average. Um, and also, don't get don't get too caught up in if that before the you know above the fold as we talked about earlier. If that loads within a, a half a second, great, because the chances are the rest of your site will still be loading, but While people, people are looking. Just, yeah, okay, exactly. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Marvellous. Brilliant. That's great. So, in terms of budgets, um, Dave, um, so if someone wants, and you mentioned this earlier, like, you know, some people were paying in the past like 20k, 15k for websites, and and a lot of not a lot, of particularly small business owners, they simply don't have that kind of budget. So, what can a, a vegan brand typically expect to spend on an initial website? And I'm talking definitely kind of ballpark figures or you know, range of figures um, but just to give people an idea that you know if they say right I want to work because some businesses are, have only got Facebook pages um, and I know there's some marketers that say oh that's fine that's all you need I personally don't agree with that because if Facebook decides it doesn't like you anymore or changes its algorithm um, you know that you, you know I think you need your own home it's like the analogy of building your business on someone else's land you you want, you want to build your own home on your own land so um, I do think it's important to have a, a website and I'm, I'm sure you do too but what sort of typically, budget-wise, can um, a vegan brand expect to pay um, for a site?
1: Sure. First of all, I completely agree with you on the Facebook thing. Um, Was it yesterday that Instagram have changed the way that they are displaying how many likes or they're not displaying how many likes? Yes, for Australian
0: users, yes, (laughs) yes.
1: So you've got no control of what that particular... Um, platform is going to do with your content so which is why we always say have your website at the at the center of your um, digital marketing uh, solution the social is one element and that's to use to drive traffic back to your website exactly yeah then you can also put you know Facebook um, pixels on there to remarket to adds to those people that have come to your site it's a lot easier to sell something to somebody who's already expressed interest on you on your services um, than it is to somebody who's who's brand new um, but going back to going back to the the website you can if you want to build this yourself you can you can probably pick up a a hosting package from something like bluehost and they wordpress has a repository of themes um for free or you could probably go and buy one from theme forest for about 60 70 dollars i think they are now um we recently launched a um, a series of we've got about a hundred different designs of themes that are built on a, a a template um theme called astra which is a a really really popular theme it's really really fast And so we we now have a a range of themes that are $299 up front and then we we get people to subscribe to one of our website care plans for 12 months and that way we ensure that they're going to get every success uh, from the website. So we don't want somebody just to come on and go, right, I've done my website, now what, we're there to hold their hand through that through that process for the first 12 months, um, provide them the training that they need. So we felt that that was a, a great way of getting a lot of the smaller businesses um, up online and get something that's professional. Uh, we will replace the content that with their content that they provide um but that's that's probably a good starting point right
0: so around sort of 300 for the theme and then what depending on the 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 maintenance package so around about maybe five a few hundred dollars like maybe between say three and five hundred dollars if they were going to hire someone like you for example for a basic kind of yeah site okay got it okay Good. So there we go. You don't have to spend $15,000, $20,000. I always kind of freak when I hear that. I mean, obviously, if it's a massive company or multinationals, you know, that's a drop in the ocean for them. But obviously, for small business owners. Um, But I have heard of like, you know, kind of, you know, SMEs kind of spending that kind of money. And typically, you hear about them because they have all sorts of problems, which I find ironic. They're spending all that money. And yet, they've usually got problems of some kind. So, okay, good.
1: We had a, we had a client um, last year who came to us and they said that they had a fixed amount of budget and, and they opted for one of these um, uh, ready- to go websites and that then allowed them to take their budget that they had available for their for their website and marketing to put more into the marketing side of things. so the website worked. You know, it's it's probably not the the, the the bee's knees website, but it works. It, it sells things, um, but then they could put the majority of their, their funds into um, digital mar- marketing campaigns and get their um, get their brand out there.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as a site doesn't look like, you know, it's built in 1999, um, do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all kind of flashy and have all the bells and whistles as long as it's clean and functional and represents your brand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely, and, and that gets back to that that comment I made, the, the facetious comment I made earlier about the site's not about you. Um, we're not building it for the website owners to go and look at every day. We're building it for hundreds, <laughs> if not hopefully thousands, of people to look at every day.
0: It's funny. I'm laughing because <clears throat> when I had my website um, or my logo, like some branding designed for me by a, a vegan designer for vegan business media, when we initially, I think I've said this on one of the podcasts before, but when we were initially going through... Um, some examples like he was sending me and I was like and I knew what colours I wanted I wanted like the gold you know to represent you know business and money red and the grey for kind of zero. so I knew my colours and I was like yeah that's great but then I said and he kept giving me these these ideas and I said look can you just try this with gold glitter please and he was like yeah. Katrina it's not I said look just do me a mock-up because he did me a mock-up and when I saw it I mean like part of me loved it because I was like oh look how pretty and he said it looks like a Christmas like you're selling Christmas trees <laughs> and he was I was so grateful though that he was honest with me because you know if I hired someone else you know I mean I didn't really care they would have gone okay client wants that just do it but he actually kind of said to me look you know it's not suitable and, when, and I could see that I was like yeah it's not for me to look at all day if it was I would have my site would have all glittery sparkles on it but um yeah you're right it, it is for the for the for the audience and not everyone's gonna want to look at that I have got my gold yeah. glitter jacket on in, in, in my one of my photos though so I slipped it in there but, but yeah you're, <laughs> you're right it's, it, it's important so uh, yeah sorry I was just. Um, so in terms of, I just want to talk briefly about your business as well, because I know you launched, because when I first found out about you, you'd launched as vegan web design. Um, and then I noticed you've recently kind of gone back to using rock paper digital. So tell us a bit about why and what have been the benefits and any disadvantages.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Um <laughs> We, we did start off, as you say, with vegan web design. Um, we then, uh, we were getting inquiries from local, um, you know, that it'll be people that you know of or, you know, um, people that run a business that are, f- are friends of your kids' um, uh, parents at school and things like that. Um, and, and the vegan web design, they're probably not wanting to do business with vegan web design. It's a little bit stereotypical. It's a bit polarizing. Um, and we felt that we needed another brand to, to cater for those clients. So, we we created Rock Paper Digital uh, some years ago, and then we created um, a whole world of hurt for ourselves by by saying, well, okay, we've got maintenance um, plans, website care plans for both vegan web design and Rock Paper Digital clients. Okay, well, let's create WP Giving, and that way, so that was another, that was the third brand that we had <laughs> where. We were providing website care plans to both our two brands, plus anybody who came to us brand new that we just wanted a website care plan, and it just got crazy. We're a small, we're a small little business. Um, we don't have the time to do. Well, we should we should make more time, but we don't really have the time to do the marketing for for two, never mind three brands. So we we made the call to go. You know what? This is just it's just a little bit crazy. Let's consolidate down to the Rock Paper Digital. Um, but in going through that process, so we've we've we closed down the WP Giving brand, and we've we, we're going to rock paper digital. But going through that process, we have found that we still have a very good following um, on for vegan web design. Uh, we're about to we, we're going to be we're sponsoring the um, Brisbane Vegan Expo in October, oh. and we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be holding a. Um, uh stall there um showing our wares and we did one in, in noosa as well um last year and vegan it's still got that it's that niche that's 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 great the rock paper digital was was sort of meant to become the ethical um uh digital marketing solutions for ethical brands so you don't need to be vegan to be ethical right yeah so You can still be wanting to save the planet etc etc and that's what the the rock paper digital had intended to be um where it is now we've still got both brands they're both equal um in in what we we're pushing out there Uh, they're both offering the exactly the same service it's just to a different audience and we're finding that the rock paper digital is more about the the local business the local uh, market rather than trying to compete with um Let's say web designers in California. You know, somebody in California is going to go to California unless they want a vegan web designer. Yeah. Then they'll come.
0: Got it. Got it. So it could be like a local accountant who might not be vegan, but they're not kind of. Their business is not unvegan, so like you know, you wouldn't take on a butcher, obviously, because um,
1: absolutely, yeah. Okay, now
0: that makes sense. Now that makes sense. Oh, cool. Okay, so vegan web web design is still uh, happening. Okay, cool. Um, And we've touched on this a little bit, but just expand on the kinds of services that you offer. So you offer website design, whether that's custom coding and completely bespoke, through to budget friendly. Uh, theme and uh, what have you, and then you also offer regular and mo- monthly maintenance packages uh, for websites as well. Um, yeah, is that it, yeah, it, kind of in a, a nutshell? And you are, we also provide some digital marketing strategy as well.
1: Yeah, we 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 pretty much provide um, the 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 whole range of services, um, but our focus is really on those websites. Um, we do do we're currently working with um, two nonprofits in the US doing custom design and build. For them and a um, a non-profit, uh, sorry, a, a sanctuary in the U.S. as well. Oh, nice. um, so that's the, that's our core business, and the maintenance is also is something that we we do enjoy. Um, we do enjoy looking after. We recently introduced. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm laughing the, again because that's like my, my brain explodes when you hear that, like someone enjoys coding and maintaining the maintenance of websites. And so I'm like, no, <laughs> but it's great that you're you're doing it. I love
1: it. <laughs> it's it's great. Isn't it wonderful that we all f- have different things that yes. we, we enjoy? I, I must admit in our business, I hate the bookkeeping side of things.
0: Oh, me too, um, yeah. We've got a bookkeeper for that and accountant, yeah. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Um, so we look after and because, you know, we signed up to things like the word Friends um, email notification. So we know when a vulnerability comes out so we can easily go and search for all of the sites that we're looking after to see does that plugin vulnerability exist on any of our client sites? And we can go and patch it really quickly. And we get a lot of, we get a lot of satisfaction from, from keeping it safe, um, we do have the odd occasion where something will still um, penetrate and infiltrate somebody's site, but if they're so long as there are clients and they've they're on one of our plans, we fix that for free. you know that's just part of part yeah. of the offering that that we provide as well. So
0: great. yeah. fantastic. And what would you say then in a nutshell, what differentiates you, what sets you apart from other website design and maintenance companies and even other vegan website design and maintenance companies?
1: Um, I can certainly comment on the, on the other website design, um, agencies. So we've, we've, we've had a number of customers come to us who, I think the, one of, one of our recent clients, a lady who had an e-commerce site and she'd been through four different developers. Um, and we had an inquiry last week from a guy who tried the, um, the developers overseas, and they, he said, they just disappear on him. Um, so, I, I guess we differentiate ourselves. We we're here for the long haul. We're not here temporarily. We will respond to your emails. We, we don't leave you hanging. Um, we're pretty much online, apart from when we're sleeping. Um, we we go the extra mile. Um, I have I had somebody call me. What's it call me? Uh, oh, you are like Uncle Dave. It's like
0: you,
1: you're always there. You're ready to help. Um, you know, so so I think it's going that that personal. It's a personal connection we we like to have with our clients. Um, we we don't want to become that um, that that massive um, agency that that loses that 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 connection with people because we have we all have. Don't forget, we've all got something here. It's intrinsically in common with everybody that we work with, particularly in vegan web design. So we've got that common goal, um, which is probably a little bit different to any other web local web developer. Um, do you know if, if exactly. that makes sense? Exactly,
0: absolutely. That's what I say, like we're all on this shared mission. It's funny, actually, I was um, who was I? I was speaking to somebody recently and they, they, they're they helping me with a bit of um, social media marketing and it was like, who's your main competitor? And I said, well, this is who, you know, would be, and I put competitor in quote marks. And I said, I've put it in quote marks because, you know, we're friends, they're in my book, we're actually getting on a call soon to see how we can collaborate on something. So, we, we you know, we might be in the same kind of field, but we're not competitors in that strict sense. We're more collaborating is because we are all on this shared mission so I, I totally get where you're coming from and as I, said, I think it's yeah. great that we've got you know people like yourself that we can now go to to do these things um, because you've got that extra motivation and interest you know we're not just another customer it's like okay we're on this shared mission so of course you want our websites you know to be to be working properly so um, I, I love what you're doing you've shared some great tips and um I, I've learned some uh, bits and pieces as well myself which has been great so i know this is going to be a popular episode um with people and um, of course we'll put all your details on the show notes page dave for vegan web design um where people can uh, get hold of you so yes so yes to all our listeners make sure you're keeping your websites maintained and you know hire a professional to do it and um yeah fantastic thank you so much for being on the show dave it's been a pleasure
1: it's been fun thank you very much for having me
0: so that was Dave Graham from Vegan Web Design. You can find out more at veganwebdesign.com. And that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. and going to episode 128. Now for some vegan business news highlights. A French father and daughter fashion duo have raised nearly one million u s dollars on Kickstarter for the production of their new multifunction high-end vegan sustainable bag Bobo bark. Elie Serousi is a thirty-year veteran of the Paris fashion industry and founder of fashion house Cecile and Jean. Paris. After a Parisian childhood surrounded by design and craftsmanship, his daughter, Natasha, grew up to be a designer with a passion for ethical fashion. Now, Ellie and Natasha have joined forces to create a new fashion house, La Fleur, fuelled by a passion for style, fine design and concern for the environment. Their first offering is Bobo Bark, a handmade vegan designer bag that combines chic Parisian heritage with contemporary practicality, including convertible straps to allow the bag to be worn three ways, as a tote, a briefcase, and a backpack. The pair launched the Kickstarter campaign asking for just $15,000, but as of the time of this podcast which is August 2019, if you're listening in the future, with just 22 days to go, they'd raised just over $800,000. Wow, I love seeing the fashion industry change for the better and it's great to see how open Ellie was to moving away from leather after such a long time. Now, I received a sample of the Bobo Bark bag, which I was very impressed with, and I've done a Q&A interview with Ellie and Natasha on the Vegan Business Media blog, in which they share how Bobo Bark came about and what they did to make the crowdfunding campaign such a huge success. And there's a link to that Q&A on the show notes page for this episode, or by going to veganbusinessmedia.com. A billion veg, a social impact platform powering the plant-based movement, has secured another 2 million US dollars in seed funding, led by California-based venture fund 500 Startups, bringing the company's total funding to 2.6 million dollars. The company's investors include New York-based One Zero Capital, Zurich-based Blue Horizon Group, Singapore-based Calibre Ventures and family offices across Asia and the US. Hong Kong-based founder of Room to Read and prolific author John Wood has also come on board as an investor and advisor to A Billion Veg. The funding represents one of the largest seed rounds for a social impact startup in Southeast Asia and for a plant-based startup globally. Founded in Singapore, billion Veg is a community-driven review platform that helps people across the world find and share insights about plant-based menu items, packaged goods, and cruelty-free consumer products. Members earn credits when they post reviews, which convert into donations for animal and marine life welfare organisations. The company also sends consumer reviews to businesses, helping them to improve and introduce more sustainable options. Vikas Garg, founder and CEO of A Billion Veg, said the purpose-driven business has a goal of helping a billion people join the plant-based movement by 2030 and of donating 1 billion US dollars to support animal welfare and education causes. The company plans to donate 1 million dollars in 2020. The Abillion Veg app is available to download on both iTunes and Google Play. This is great. I, I love this initiative where animal organizations get cash from everyday people simply doing reviews. It's a great incentive that's a win for everyone. What a creative idea. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.